Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This is a podcast from The Bugle. Ladies and ladies, on this, the week of International Women's Day, we will celebrate what it is that we love about being a woman. I, for one, most enjoy the crisp, fresh smell of an apple during the autumn harvest. The scent of the fear of my enemies crawling from beneath their skin as we stand together in the battle ring ready to fight to the death. As a woman, I thrill to the beat of the drum solo in Toto's Africa, as do we all. On this, the week containing International Women's Day, we celebrate the most ancient feminine darkness bringing life and destruction, and its most primal form, girl power, the inherent toxic power of teenage girls to destroy the very spirits of their enemies. Also on this, the week of International Women's Day, I would like to inform you that I wrote both the preceding and the following jokes while breastfeeding my infant daughter, who contains within her tiny ovaries the eggs that will be my grandchildren. Depending on how you feel about that, this is The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for Visual World. I'm your host, Alice Fraser. Uh, your guest editors for this week are Laura Davis. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. And Alison Spittle. Hello, hello, hello. It's me, back here again, ready to <laughs> kick stuff. <laughs> that is literally not the thing we hire you for. <laughs> okay, I'll take my boots off. It's fine. Very hard to convey on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll plunge together into the body of the magazine, but first let's have a look at the front cover. The front cover this week is a picture of the Endurance, the lost vessel of Antarctic explorer Sir Ernest Shackleton, found at the weekend at the bottom of the Weddell Sea in the Antarctic. Typically for an International Women's Week front cover, there's a headline saying, Putting the She into Ship. Also in the magazine this week, a sex pull-out section, including a guide to optimising your dick pic, including tips for lighting, props, and how best to convey your personality, frenulum first. (laughs) The satirical cartoon this week is a picture of America in the form of that recruitment poster of Uncle Sam pointing towards a gaggle of flirtatiously giggling non-Russian oil-producing nations in short skirts, for example Iran and Venezuela. The speech bubble reads... Uncle Sam needs you. Also, he has a massive boner. Also, the oil-producing nature of the floaty nations is represented in the cartoon by depicting them leaking. Don't ask from where. 
And now into our SpongeBob motoring news. This is exciting news coming out of the Azores. Is that how it's pronounced? I think that's one of those words that I've only ever seen written down before. I want to read it as Azores. Alison Spittle, tiebreak us for this. Let's go Azores. Well, for now, they're the Eyesores Island because a ship carrying luxury hey. sh- <laughs> ship carrying luxury cars has sunk uh, after burning for weeks. Laura Davis, you've seen things burning for weeks. Can you unpack this story for us? I don't know. The fact that this ship has been on fire <laughs> for weeks, I haven't known about this because so much else is on fire, I think is the context that we're forgetting about, that in the grand context of everything being on fire, it's a very small part of our world that is, you know, doomed to burn any second now. (laughs) But apparently it's from the uh, lithium-ion batteries from all the Priuses on board. So environmentally friendly, they burn for weeks. Uh (laughs) (laughs) What kind of weirded me out about it was... uh, that the ship's name was the Felicity Ace, which I think is like really representing for, you know, International Women's Week that we're having here, that uh, <laughs> a ship named after a woman uh, can really damage the environment. We're girl bossing it in regards to destroying our uh, our uh, resources and everything like that. I mean, there's so much about this story that's wrong. I and mean, first of all, that it's taken so long to go down as a disaster for something that carries so many fast cars. I mean, in the article, let's start at the beginning. In the article, they call it an abandoned ship. And it's not been abandoned and then caught fire. It's been burning for two weeks. If it weren't abandoned by now... It's like your friend is with a man that like is not great to her, and you're like, leave him already. He's on fire. Yeah. You're in the middle of the sea, love. <laughs> you can't fix him. Yeah, the violinist left a long time ago. The timestamps are all off. The 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 tense is all off in the way that they're describing this. It's, an, it's, it's described as an abandoned ship carrying an estimated four hundred and one million dollars worth of cars, including Porsche, Audi, Bentley, and Lamborghini models. Mm. But 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 if it's abandoned, it's been on fire for two weeks. Those are not estimated at $401 million in value now. They've been on fire for two weeks. <laughs> well, yeah, the scrap value is gonna, even going to be bad. And you have to get it out of the sea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, like, the seabed, it must look like Elon Musk's aquarium. Just a load of, like, burning Teslas. Like, I feel like he would have that in his mansion. Like a, a, a large fish tank with mm. uh, loads of burning cars in it. Yes, the insurance experts uh, have uh, wor- are working to replace every car, quote unquote, affected by this incident. And again, <laughs> why use a euphemism when on fire for two weeks is right there? <laughs> it's very hard to think of the cars that have been affected. I, my heart really goes out to the cars. <laughs> but imagine if there's like one car that, ha- you know, it's just maybe a bit of smoke damage. I think I would buy that car for whatever price you have because it feels like the luckiest car ever. Yeah, that is the luckiest car. I mean, the big fear in this article is that authorities fear that the ship could, quote, pollute the ocean. (laughs) Yeah, it's already done the air. Yep. And, you know, arguably the economy. But I don't know. I think they're worried about the the oil because the cars have petrol and, and there's oil in the ship and they're just going to plonk it down onto the seabed. But they've said they're going to watch the oil watch for oil and that they're breaking up the oil with hoses like i reckon if you're pointing a 
hose at the ocean, you're not on the winning side of things. (laughs) I, for one, am glad that the octopuses are finally having access to a fleet of luxury cars. I can't wait to see the next Little Mermaid. (laughs) (laughs) We'd be like Fast and the Furious. Just be Triton shouting family all the time at Ariel. I don't know what it says about me, but that sounds really good. (laughs) Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. For sale, baby shoes never worn. It's the most tragic short story ever told. Don't worry, it's not that tragic. Just actually, that previous baby didn't wear those shoes, because I don't know if you know this, but babies can't walk. Also, people buy you heaps of shit you don't need when you have a baby, so if it's a tragic story, it's a tragic story about consumer capitalism. I mean, try for sale, baby shoes worn out. That's a creepy story. Is it a dancing baby, cursed to dance for a thousand years like the baby in Ally McBeal, which I should clarify is a show I've never watched, but I assume has a cursed baby (laughs) storyline? And in deference to the Sydney floods and the fact that I had to evacuate from my flat yesterday due to a big tree falling down, there will be no half a glass of water ad this week. And if you're disappointed that you can't get the ad you wanted, try half a glass of water. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Flunch. By the people who brought you Slurm and Glub, Flunch is a nutrition-adjacent meal replacement for the person on the go at home. Unlike Slurm and Glub, whose patented semi-sentient slug matrix would only slowly make its way into your mouth through the course of the day, Flunch takes the tight-lift slowness out of that agonising process. Flunch is the speed glub for home use. Simply install the patented flunch trebuchet in the corner of any room in your house and its motion sensors ensure that any time you move past, we will fling our proprietary blend of proteins and other ingredients directly at your throat. Once there, the flunch will claw its way into your nearest open orifice in its desperate urge to find your digestive tract. Its primitive mind programmed to only one ultimate goal, its own immolation into its constituent nutrient components, the only end to an agony beyond its rudimentary comprehension. Flunch. It's glob, but worse. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Now it's time for your environment section. This is the news that uh, fake whale poo is about to revive the ocean ecosystem. Alison Spittle, you know your fake whale poo from your real whale poo, I assume. Can you unpack this story? Yeah, when I first heard this story, I was like, fake whale poo? This is a very, very niche joke shop. Basically, scientists have made up artificial whale uh, feces. Feces? Feces! What's a feces? feces so whale <laughs> it's women international women's day yeah it's like whale shit right <laughs> disgusting whale poo it's girl boss whale shit is feces yeah. 
Yeah. She sees feces by the seashore. Seashore. <laughs> the feces that she sees is feces for sure. <laughs> and she's happy the environment is getting better, guys. If you see feces on the seashore, you know the science has worked. Basically, they're trying to reboot marine ecosystems that the fishing industry have destroyed. And, uh, you know, it's very hard to stop capitalism. So what we're doing, it's it's a weird, I've, like, I'll, I'll tell you the story and then I'll tell you my thoughts. Sorry about this. Whales, they eat tiny crustaceans, right, called krill. And they're typically about 300 metres below sea level. And um, what they're doing is they're, they're recreating the whale shit so that other kind of uh, species can live off this and kind of... Uh, make the make the environment in the sea bloom there's not nothing about uh oil spills in this i think uh that's a that's a bigger problem they have at the moment but to to save the to save the uh environment within the sea they've made fake whale poo uh in order to reboot uh some life uh within it so it's exciting it's very exciting but it does seem to me like you know the way scientists have made um fake trees that take in carbon dioxide and then bring out uh, oxygen and it's like what about trees you should just get trees and, and plant them. it feels <laughs> like we should just let the whales shit on on the ocean <laughs> yeah. yeah plant trees on the ocean guys <laughs> laura you have an ambition to become a kelp farmer maybe you're the expert we need in this scenario i have so many thoughts on this whale thing this whale thing has really upset me. But firstly, there's such a clear solution between these two things. We need to start putting the fake whale shit in the luxury cars before we put them <laughs> on the boat. So when it sinks, the whale shit goes into the ocean instead, or at least as well as all of the toxic oil and lithium poison. And then if the boat doesn't sink, exactly. what you have is a millionaire in a luxury car full of whale shit. Yeah, which seems fair. But fake whale shit, which I feel is more insulting somehow. Look, they don't have to. They can take it out. It just It's like the air freshener, you know? Like, you know, you don't keep the little tree, but it's there <laughs> for transportation purposes, you know? That's surely all you need. Do you think if someone likes smells a whale's butthole they're like mm, new car smell <laughs> i've never considered that but i don't mind if they do <laughs> no i think that might be the only way that we can repopulate the oceans is by convincing billionaires that they're a luxury item yes mm. yeah like oxygen and stuff rather than super yachts that need to be serviced by other yachts they can you know f- farm a herd of whales why not <laughs> well it's so weird that the the whales by the way did you read in the article that they can't when they process all of this krill and stuff, because they're so far underwater, the pressure of the water kind of uh, holds onto their bowels and they have to go up to the surface to, mm. to have a shit or a fart. And when I was reading that, I was like, this is, it explains so much to me about air travel. Because, you know, you get off an airplane and if you ever go into a women's toilet of an airport straight after a flight, it sounds like the percussion section of a of a orchestra, just like, bomb, bomb, bomb. Everyone's farting, <laughs> and they're massively loud farts. And now, now I kind of will go on a plane with the knowledge that, like, I am essentially a whale, you know, and the pressure on my bowels is not my fault or whatever. It's a mm. science. I mean, the reality is that they're doing that all the way through the plane flight as well. You just can't hear it because the plane is loud. Oh. Sorry, spoiler alert. No. Oh my god. <laughs> the farts were coming from inside the plane this whole time. Yeah. You thought that's what was keeping the thing up in the air? 
Laura, what would you do to, to, would you dust the Indian Ocean with fake whale feces or would you have a better solution than this? I mean, surely there's a better solution. Surely. I was very surprised and very disappointed in humanity learned that there's only 5% of the whales that we had 400 years ago. Wow. And we're still killing them and dragging them out of the ocean. And then we're going, hmm, we don't have enough whales. Let's get rice dust and put stuff on it and scatter it. Like, it's so much work to go to to just not kill a whale. (laughs) Like, that's the solution is don't. I mean, this is the ecological equivalent of people who have curly hair who straighten their hair and then put it in curlers so they have more conformable curls. That is sick. Yeah. Or we need the 5% of whales that we do have to shit like 95 (laughs) times as much as they are shitting. Have you tried feeding them some luxury cars? That's the only other solution, and I don't think that's the right one. Well, that's all the time that we have for the squid and the whale news, because now it is time for your reviews. As you know, each week our guest editors bring in something to review out of five stars. Alison Spittle, what have you brought in for us this week? Well, this week I thought I would go uh, semi, semi-sincere semi with my review. There's an album out by an artist called Seema, and uh, she is an amazing lady. Her name's Kira May. Oh, Jesus, I don't know what her, the A stands for. Anus, let's say anus. Kira May Anus Thompson, C-Mat <laughs> uh, for short. And uh, she's got a new album out called If My Wife Knew I'd Be Dead. And all of the songs are like based on different podcasts that she's heard or just feelings. Like she has this uh, song called Peter Bogdanovich, which is about the, the Polly Platt, Peter Bogdanovich situation. And Sybil Shepherd, I think. Did you, have you heard of this? He's a bastard. He's, an, he's a very good director, but a bad husband. He left his wife, I think it was for Sybil Shepherd. I might be defaming her. It was someone like her, <laughs> Sybil Shepherd adjacent. Yeah, it's a great album. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich is a great song. Uh, she's she's loads of great songs. Uh, she mentions people like Robbie Williams and Marion Keys in her lyrics. And uh, I really like her. She's like a cross between Michael Flatley and a bog body, as in incredibly Irish <laughs> and red. And uh, yeah, I think she's amazing. So you should go listen to her album. I got it on cassette and I don't even have a cassette player, but I just wanted to financially support her while I uh, streamed on a on a very bad platform. <laughs> so it was my way of apologizing to the music gods by, ba- by paying for something that is useless to me in a physical form. She's great. Out of five stars, how much? Five out of five. Like, five, five, yeah, five out of five by a mile. It's a brilliant, brilliant album. She's amazing. Like, I think she's the best thing to come out of Ireland since Samantha Mumba. She's amazing. That's my sincere review. <laughs> That's I can't eat deeply it. Deeply disappointing. Well, That's not what we hire you for. Maybe I'll eat the cassette. <laughs> eat the cassette. I will eat the cassette next week and tell you how it tastes. <laughs> I'll tell you how it tastes. Uh, like a bad format. Like an outdated, a blast from the past. Yes. Uh, Laura Davis, what have you brought in for us to review? I have also quite a sincere review, unfortunately. I am going to review fruit boxes that my supermarket gives you for free if you want. I'm going to rate them five stars. Uh, if you don't have a suitcase and you want to go away for a weekend, you can have, put all your shit 
in a fruit box that the supermarket lets you take for free if you want. Uh, I haven't had a bedside table. I haven't had uh, drawers in my cupboard. Uh, I haven't had a little stool in the toilet to put my knees up to a comfortable level for pooping. I haven't <laughs> had uh, under the bed storage. I haven't had a table to work at. I'm currently working right now on not one, not two, but three fruit boxes that my supermarket lets you take for free if you want one. And I've set up a <laughs> microphone and my laptop. And one is my desk over in the other corner of the room, and two are the bedside tables, and some of the underbed storage. So five stars. Wow. Who needs a house? Fruit box that your supermarket lets you take for free if you want. Is it made of cardboard? The fruit box. Oh yes. Oh my god, that's incredible. <laughs> they just keep letting you take them for free. There's no limit. They don't expect you to take this many. <laughs> it feels like you're in The Sims and you've put in a cheat code going, everything is fruit boxes. And like, uh, yeah. you know, that's an incredible life. Oh my when god. When you really put your mind to it, they can sub in for quite a lot of things. That's a wonderful review. I'm going to keep my eye out for fruit boxes and see if my supermarket will give them to me for free uh, if I want them. Speaking about five a day, our next section is about the crossover between vegetables and drugs. This is your myth slash onion news. Mm. Laura Davis, can you unpeel this eye-watering tale? This is authority seizing nearly $3 million worth of meth in onion shipment. Uh, and they bundled the meth up into little bags and made them sort of not really look like onions, sort of definitely look like bags of meth in bags of onions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, three million dollars worth of methamphetamine. But also thinking of how easy it is to hide something in an onion. Like it's not that difficult. There's all these different, like very easily separable compartments within an onion. It seems like they haven't really tried very hard. And if you've got the meth, you've got the energy. An onion is a perfect natural defense. Anyone who tries to investigate whether the meth is in the onion is going to weep. Mm. It's your first port of call. I feel like if I was a drug dealer with that kind of situation, that I feel, I, I would love to go like, I know my onions and I know my meth, and this is meth, and those are onions. <laughs> Personally, not as a drug dealer, but imagining that I was a drug dealer, yes, I think I would rather go to jail then take 1,200 small bags of meth out of a giant shipment of onions. <laughs> that just seems fiddly. Jail's probably quicker. Sydney Aki, who's the CBP Director of Field Operations in San Diego, said this was not only a clever attempt to try and smuggle in narcotics, but also time-consuming to wrap narcotics into these small packages designed to look like mm. onions. And again, if you do look, look at the picture, they look like um, the packets of meth look like what someone on meth would think would look like an onion. Mm. How much money was it again that they said uh, that the shipment cost? Because I never trust policemen when they talk when they get a drugs haul uh, for things. It feels very overpriced. Do you know that like three million quid worth of meth in that onion shipment? And there's a part of me that wants to go. Where are you buying your meth from? Because. I can't see that being worth like three million because that's quite a lot of onions there. Yeah, people always overquote uh, plainclothes cops for their meth. I, mm. Yeah, it's like the tourist in the bad part of town. You always get double the price. I want to know how much the onions cost. Yeah. <laughs> how much does that much onions cost? I have bought drugs off someone at a festival 
where they had to retrieve the drugs from the back of their balls. And I still bought them. <laughs> so I can't judge the onion people, you know? Probably smells the same. But at least they weren't cunningly disguised as a penis. <laughs> I didn't get apples at the supermarket today because a woman picked one up and put the back. Oh, you because you didn't want it because it touched. Oh, I, I maybe maybe. Yeah, that's and I didn't, I didn't see which one she'd touched. It's quite funny because at the start of this podcast, I was going to you like I don't know why I'm sick all the time. I'm I'm quite ill. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's because I <laughs> I don't mind if someone has a packet of pills down their pants, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Legit. I'd rather better to have you know, though. Do you know? I was like, anytime that I've ever bought drugs, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this has been like near genitalia. Has to be. You know, just like pot noodles. You're consuming stuff. No, I don't know just like pot noodles. Please explain how it's just like pot noodles. Well, I once watched a documentary where they were talking about ramen and they said that like over your lifetime, you will eat like uh, processed food that will have like. 80 spiders in it or whatever like I'm at peace with how many spiders I'll eat and I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> I just if, if someone has genitalia near the food in the processing stage of, of making the food I think I don't mind because I think I've made the deal you know with myself for convenience that I'll just consume whatever it is and uh, that's the same with drugs maybe not specifically pot noodles maybe there are other brands available and other types of uh, genitalia. But um, have I made sense or have I just incriminated myself for no reason? Like, I am a person that will eat batteries. they got to send you into that ship that's gone down. That's their problem. <laughs> you got to get in there. i got to get in there and i got to shit it out and save the environment. <laughs> I mean, Alison, you can make that sound like a very hippie-ish philosophy if you just eat the ball apples while saying something like, we're all made of stardust. Yeah. Now it's time for our sex pull-out section, which begins with the story of a company that is offering its employees pods to masturbate in, mm-hmm. uh, complete with virtual reality headsets. And I mean, before we launch our way into this story, if there is anyone out there who designs virtual reality games, could you please design me a three-dimensional cork board? That's all. Don't play games. All I want is three-dimensional virtual reality for admin. Wow. That's the most Alice sentence I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm really sorry that I've given you that impression of me. <laughs> Laura Davis, um, as, as someone who works from home, how do you feel about companies offering wank pods for their employees? Well, you know, it's no box that the supermarket gives away for free if you want, but I guess it could be nice upgrade. <laughs> Look, what is a house if not a pod to masturbate in? What is reality if not virtual reality? I think this article has a bit of a weird spin on it because they're sort of saying you know this is in offices I'm like yes but these are in the offices of porn editing like sweets like this Mm. is it's a hazard of the job it's essentially danger pay yeah this is a porn production company I mean, my big problem with this is with the uptick in um, productivity measuring apps with work from home situations. Mm. Are they going to measure how many times you uh, wank while editing a particular porn film? And will they get offended if you're not turned on by the (laughs) porn film you're... Is that like a bad review? I feel like this is kind of like capitalism at its worst. 
really it's like uh mm. those types of, of workplaces where they have like a table tennis table and uh dress down fridays but also don't want you joining a union like uh i feel like if it's that stressful a work environment that you have to wank it says that it says that it takes down stress and uh if it's that stressful a work environment that you have to go into a little pod to have a wank maybe you should uh why don't you let them have flexi time and work from home? Mm. I just want to make sure that they're looking after their uh, their employees with everything. Yeah, why did they go to Wank Pod first? Yeah, did you see they, they said it as health benefits, such as like, if you got a stuffy nose, apparently wanking helps. And I'm like, I think you're, you're, you're wanking wrong. If you're, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But if, if you've had a wank and, and your nose is cleared, you're using it in the wrong place. Look, I don't know. All I know is that uh, this idea that masturbation makes you feel better is a direct contraindication indi- to every piece of open mic stand-up comedy I ever heard from a young man ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also, like, who cleans that place? Definitely no one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's just like... You know, we are, it's like having a dishwasher in the workplace. We're all like, wow, this is great that they've given us the opportunity to have a dishwasher. But then weeks later, when the dishwasher is dirty and like people have put stuff in the wrong compartment again and again and again, it just creates animosity. There's just going to be someone oh. walking in going, who's taking a shit in the masturbation pod? Yeah. <laughs> like, John, is it you? There's going to be notes on it. <laughs> yeah. Heaps of Can notes. You imagine? Passive aggressive posters. Yeah, exactly. Please, for the seventh time. And you know that when you go to HR to complain about it, they'll just suggest you have a wank and get over it. <laughs> You're like, if Jill from Accounts hugs the lube once again, I swear I'm going to put in a complaint. Laura, what passive aggressive note would you leave in a wank, <laughs> wank pod? I don't know. I can't imagine anything more stressful than having to go have a wank in a pod in an office. Oh, my God. And then go back to a pod doing my editing. I think this is a stunt by the porn companies to go, hey, we make porn. Please look at it. (laughs) I think it's just advertising. I think you may have gone to the heart of the matter here. (laughs) But imagine if you're, like, having a wank and then there's a queue outside. I feel like, for me, I would just fake it and leave as soon as I could. I mean, isn't that just what we all do anyway? Yeah, like, get this over with, you know. <laughs> I feel awkward. I just, the last thing I need is corporate pressure on, on that. Like, I don't need a keen bean HR employee leaning over my shoulder asking me if I've taken full advantage of the employee benefits. Oh. No, and women take longer. It's sexism all over again. We're at a disadvantage. Could you imagine the corporate videos of like here at Google HR or whatever? Like uh, we take masturbating seriously, and then they like uh, pay some really like Jack Whitehall or someone like that to come in and voice over like wanking, uh, wanking corporate videos or something. Uh, I think it would be. Uh, I'm really turned around to this idea now. I think there should be as many wank pods as possible if it gets comedians money. And you should have one in the home. A wank pod. Yeah, you should. I call that my balcony. <laughs> uh, but the police have asked me to stop. <laughs> Just the cupboard under the stairs. <laughs> what, like Harry Potter? I'm going to have yeah. a wank like Harry Potter. 
Yeah. Speaking of being asked to stop by the police, the city of New York's 311 system has been flooded uh, sort of almost permanently by calls of people complaining that their neighbours are having sex too loudly. Mm. This is just a true, terrible thing that's going on. Laura Davis, you've lived in places with cardboard walls that you've probably met out of fruit boxes yourself. Yes. Can you unpack this story for us? Well, it sort of makes sense because there is so much uh, overcrowding in you know, let's be honest, most cities. But these calls are not very productive because there's absolutely nothing the police can do. So most of the reports apparently come back with, ah, they were gone when we got there or they had stopped having sex. But, like, the police have to hot-foot it to the door of the apartment that presumably they can only guess these noises are coming from. <laughs> and 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 arrest you can't be arrested all they can do is say oh pl- please shush like that's probably i mean it's not the worst waste of police resources in the world like if that's all they did then maybe you know the world would be a better place but it's just doesn't seem to be an effective system. No, if anything, it would serve as a sort of a trophy of sorts if you'd finished sex and then you get a knock on the door from the police telling you um, Mm. that they've been called because what you did was so epic. Well, I've sort of been the police because I worked at a hotel on the night shift and so people call me, I'm sitting at the little desk eating my pizza and someone goes, Laura, they don't say Laura, they don't know my name. They're like, you, there are people and they're having very loud sex in, I think, room 112. And I go, okay. And then I eat my pizza because what what am I meant to do? What, yeah. like, <laughs> You're supposed to knock at a door and go, it's not actually illegal. It's the horny police, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> It's a hotel. Some would say it's compulsory. Like, all I can do is be like, okay, do you want to talk about how that's made you feel? <laughs> like, it's a support line at best. That's a niche in the sex therapist industry. The other people's mm. having sex therapists. Mm. What was your upbringing like? What I love is the next morning at the breakfast buffet where you're, like, trying to find a couple that did have loud sex by the way that they're feeding each other pancakes or whatever, and then you're like, it was them. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the time we have for the magazine this week we're flipping through the advertisements at the back Alison Biddle have you got anything to plug oh I've got an Edinburgh show coming up it's either going to be called Wet or Silent Wetness and uh, I'll decide on that maybe this week but it will be in the pleasant I mean call it Silent Wetness but have the silent be silent <laughs> Wet yeah. Wetness is good <laughs> what's it just Wetness 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 is um, good so, yeah, look, these are so many options that I'm uh, really torn by. But it's going to be in Edinburgh. It's going to be fun. I'm doing a Guilty Feminist tour. Uh, going to be in, like, Glasgow, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham. Uh, and I'm doing loads of previews. So have a look at my social media, at Alison Spittle, on Instagram and on Twitter. And I also present Wheel of Misfortune, which is a podcast on BBC Sounds. And I love doing this podcast. And thank you so much for having me, Alison. Letting me not only laugh at shit, but then promote my stuff at the end. Go, 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 go. Feels like I'm robbing you. Laura Davis, have you got anything to plug? Uh, I have my show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and then it will go to Edinburgh Fringe. It's called If This Is It. And uh, it's in Hardway Lane at Campari House. And I'm pretty excited because we get to hang out at Melbourne Festival and haven't seen each other in 
over two years. Yes, over two years ago, we yeah. sat down at Soho and said, I'll see you in six weeks. And uh, I feel very sad that that hasn't happened. Uh, you can find me online at, at Alliterative on Twitter and Instagram or patreon.com slash Alice Fraser, the one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts and blogs. I will also be in Melbourne with my show Kronos and elsewhere in the world, including in Edinburgh. Uh, find out by following me on Twitter or again, Patreon. I would like to thank our roving reporters. Most Otis set in the story about luxury cars sinking extremely slowly into the ocean after being on fire for two weeks. Stephen Bowden sent in the story about fake whale poo and froggy villius sent in the meth onion story if you would like to be a roving gargle reporter tweet us at hello garglers this is a bugle podcast and alice fraser production i'm your host alice fraser your editor is ped hunter your executive producer is chris skinner i'll talk to you next week you can listen to other programs from the bugle including the bugle the last post tiny revolutions and the gargle wherever you find your podcasts 